All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and yet another chance to get our acts together. Today is the start of a brand new year. It is January 5th, 2023 and week 205. If you're new around here, welcome to Join the Mist of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live streaming Bible studies and shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter. And if you've been with us for a while, as we always like to say, welcome. Welcome back. Thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the Lord. As you can see from the title, we'll be starting a series in it and we'll be talking about the different roles in the church. So tonight we'll be talking about the preachers. So without any further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Minister Tony Banks. We can go ahead and get started with this evening's message. As always, we pray that you guys get something out of it. Thank you, Melvin. Let us go into a word of prayer as we typically do. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us, Lord. We thank you for how you kept us, how you watched over us, Lord, how you protected us over the dangerous highways as we travel uh, to and from work, to and from the doctor's offices, um, um, school, wherever we're traveling, Lord, just stores, wherever we're traveling to see our relatives. But we just thank you for how you've given us traveling grace. But we thank you for how you uh, bless us with so many things that sometimes we take for granted, Lord. Help us never to take you for granted or anything that you've given us, Lord. Help us not to take one another for granted, Lord. Help us to understand that uh, each and every one of us is important and you have called all of us to a certain role or help us to accept our own role or help us to accept what you've called us to do. But we're praying for the Bible study tonight that your word would go forth, Lord, and we would all decrease and only you would increase. Lord, we're, we're wanting to magnify you, uplift your holy name. So, Lord, just give us your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. And Lord, we're asking that no matter what happens to us, continually remind us that there's still a reason to have joy in the midst of every storm, trial, and tribulation. So, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your terrific name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, we are uh, happy New Year's to each and every one of you uh, who we might not have said it to. Uh, if we have talked to you, happy New Year's to you once again. Uh, we are in the year of 2023, if I'm correct on that. I believe I am. We are in the year of 2023. And so, um, we are excited about the things that God has in store for us uh, because we do believe that God is going to uh, bless in a mighty way. And so we're just looking forward to a year of growth, a year of elevation, a year of um, God continuing to open our eyes. And so I wanted to start this series on different positions, different roles within the church. Now, every role is important. Uh, let's get that straight first. Uh, there's, there's no debate about that. There's no argument about that. Um, even if someone might not feel that their role is important, uh, that's a lie from straight from hell, straight from the devil himself. Um, you, your role is important. Even if you don't know what that role is just yet, uh, it is important to God. And so that's the reason he assigned um, 
these roles because it is important to him. And so I do want to clarify that from the onset. Um, And now Melvin told you guys, we are talking about the preacher's role tonight. Now, everyone will not have each role. However, it is important to know what our role is so we can play it effectively. Um, I, I was thinking about this and I, I kind of likened it to a an actor. And, you know, they, they studied the script before the movie. And so uh, they try to get in character. They try to... Uh, even if the person is not from that area, if it's an American, they might not from might not be from England, but they'll put on, you know, an English accent or uh, if they're speaking, uh, if they're going to be French. You know, people put on uh, that different persona, that different character. They, they really try to play their role so much. So uh, I even recently talked to an actor and he uh I didn't know the guy was an actor, but he he told us he was. And so I asked the man, is it is it actually true? Because I've heard people say that uh, when a person is um, performing a certain role, they'll they'll get in character and they'll use the accent and they'll actually get stuck. It'll it'll be hard for them to get out of that character because they've been that character for so long. He said, yeah, man, it's actually true. You know, uh, he has had roles, or at least I think one in particular, that it took some time for him to actually stop acting as if he was that character that he acted as in that movie. So now I'm saying that to say this, it is important for us to allow the role that God called us to play We need to allow this to become a part of us, for it to be genuine. We don't have to go back to being someone else. We just need to stay in character and play this role to the best of our ability. Look, when we stand before God, he ought to give us an Oscar. (laughs) He ought to say, well done, here's your Oscar, because you played this role so well, you did exactly what he scripted. So let's stick to the script, which is the word of God. Let's stick to the script and let's receive that Oscar at the end of the day. And so, again, we are going to talk about the preacher's role. I'm trying my best to win an Oscar for for doing my job as a minister of Christ. And so it's hard for me a lot of times to, to say, hey, we're going to talk about this particular topic, um, because oftentimes I might think we're going to talk about a topic, but God has something else that he will lay on my heart so heavy that that's all my mind can think about and I can't get away from it. And so we are, over the course of of however many weeks, um, going to just look at different roles within the church, and I'll do my best to outline each role. And so again, we're talking about the preacher tonight. And now we're coming from uh, the book of Luke chapter four and verse 16. I want to pick up Jesus here. And as I get there, 
Now, something, something that I thought about, um, if you guys, you probably have seen it, uh, or at least many of us have seen this. You know, there was something that transpired Monday. Uh, we were in Bible study, actually, uh, Monday night. And a football player ended up going into cardiac arrest. And now I've, I've sat back and I've watched over the past couple of days how this thing would transpire, how this thing would unfold and unravel. And I had a thought, I think it was yesterday or it might have been this morning when I woke up. I don't remember exactly when it was. But, you know, I began to look at just how many people were talking about how we should pray for this guy. You know, people uh, interceding and, and calling out for prayers for this man who had essentially died on the field. Um, his heart was no longer beating. That's what cardiac arrest is. And so I just began to look, sit in, and watch how so many people, um, um, all of these sports shows and, and, and things of that nature where they do not. Uh, even reference God very much. And if they do, you know, uh, it's, it's not really anything substantial. But now even on some of these shows, they're, they're on air praying. Um, so many people were doing this. And I began to think and try to, to and I, I wonder, what is God doing even with this situation? Now, I'm not telling you that guy is saved. I'm not telling you he's not. I, I really haven't tried to look into this guy's life at all. But what I am saying is I began to sit back and I began to think, Lord, I wonder if he's going to give this guy a full recovery. I began to wonder this because I'm, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of God has gotten people's attention. By causing this accident to happen, see, eyes are all over football. It, it, it's, 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 it's so important to millions and millions and billions around the world, sports. And I see something rare. It's never happened in football before. They've never seen this happen. It's a very rare thing that, that happened to him. And so I'm looking at God and how he's getting people's attention. And I'm wondering, is God, and I'm not telling you he, you he is, but I'm wondering, is God going to give this guy a full recovery just to show how, my God, just to show how mighty he is? See, God is able to do that. This is my job as a preacher, to bring these things out to you in whatever situation happens in our world. This is my job to you. See, there's someone who's going to chalk it up and say, if this guy, now I'm not telling you he will, but I'm starting to think about it. I'm starting to wonder. Look, I'm starting to pray, Lord. I hope and pray you give this guy a full recovery just so someone can see you. See, Tony, I already know God is able to do that. I know there's nothing for him to do this. But somebody out there does not recognize just how powerful God is. Somebody out there is looking at uh, statistics and, and, and the odds and this and that. 
We're looking at all of this through our natural eyes. And somebody cannot see just how powerful God is. So I'm starting to now say, Lord, I hope you give this guy full recovery. Just because so many eyes are on him. I want to see the man healthy. I do. But I want to see someone saved. And I know so many eyes are on him. So many people have been talking about this. It's all over. Look, if you got any social media, I'm just about willing to say it has popped across your timeline at one point or another. Everything that goes on with this man, because this made so much media, uh, uh, it has so much media attention just because of the stakes, because it's Monday night football, because somebody loves their Monday night football. But you know what? God is trying to get someone's attention so we can love him the way we love Monday night football. So I'm starting to look at this thing. And see, I'm waiting to see just what God is planning to do. I'm waiting to see. And so it's my job. This is a preacher's job to bring out God in every situation. See, there's some some things, uh, some things that are going to take place. I've seen it happen before. I've seen people recover when the doctors get, gave them uh, even less than 1% chance of survival. I've seen people recover before, and someone still just said, well, it was just a medicine. Well, it was this. It was that. It was the technology. Look, I want you guys to understand something, because as I've said many times on this Bible study, if you've been following, following us for any length of time, You'll know, I studied science in school. Uh, I've always enjoyed science, and especially as it pertains to the human body. Now, the body cannot function without oxygen. It, it, It can only function for a matter of minutes before there is brain damage that is done to a person. I really don't want to get into a science lesson here. But there's only a certain amount of time before a person is brain dead. And now from what they've told me thus far is that this man has no noticeable brain damage. He was not receiving oxygen for minutes now. I don't know exactly how many minutes, but he was not receiving oxygen for a matter of minutes. And he has no brain damage. He's able to respond. He's able to write. He's able to do a lot of these things. And now I begin to think about this because, you know, somebody's smart out there, Melvin. See, this is what the preacher's job is to point these things out. Somebody's smart. See, with science, we say, oh, if a person is not breathing, you have to perform CPR within a few minutes, as quickly as possible. And that will significantly raise their chances of survival. Now, this is the scientific background to us as people, and I don't deny science, but I understand that God is in control of every situation. See, somebody's going to trick you if you're not careful, and you're going to think that's the reason this man survived. That's what you're going to think. But I challenge you to truly open your eyes and see God behind things. 
everything in life, I want you to see God in it. Oh, yes, everything. He has something to do with every single thing. Because ask yourself, if all it took was CPR, <laughs> if all it took was the uh, defibrillator, the AED, to, pu- to pump an electrical shock in a person's body, and that's all it took for somebody to survive. Look, t- nobody in this world would ever die. Look, there are people, my God, I've talked to a lady before who's a firefighter, volunteer firefighter, and she's told me how she's went to people's homes and she sat there and did CPR for 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes on someone who was not coming back. See, it's not just about an AED machine, uh, doing chest compression, uh, doing CPR. It's not just about that. See, it's according to the will of God. And if God says a person is not coming back who has died, the man was no longer breathing. His heart has flatlined. If you've ever watched, uh, seen, seen someone hooked up uh, to the machines at, at these uh, emergency rooms at the uh, hospital, look, their heart will flatline and they come in and they try to shock them. They say, clear, look, stand back. They want to shock them and bring them back. Sometimes, my God, it does not happen. It does not work. It takes the move of God. I don't want to get too deep tonight, but it takes the move of God to bring a person back. I don't care how how long you sit there and breathe and breathe in their mouth. Look, you can breathe in their nose, breathe in their ear. You can do chest compression. You can do whatever you want to do. It takes the move of God. And so this man playing football, made a tackle, died right there on the field. And yes, the medical personnel, they responded quickly. But I'm telling you right here tonight, if God has said no, I don't care how fast they responded. I don't care how fast they responded. This man would not be alive tonight. So I don't know what God is intending to do. I hope God brings this man to a full recovery. But if he does not, even what he has done so far is incredible. It's incredible what he has did so far because somebody does not understand the severity of this situation. There's a reason. Look, they canceled the football game. Look, they had so much money on the line for this football game. There's a reason they canceled that game. There's a reason if you go back and watch, you'll see all the players on the field crying because this man died. See, we serve a God tonight who is able to bring any of us back to life in any situation we're in, he's able to turn that situation around. This is the God that we serve tonight. It's my job to tell you this. I know sometimes you think it's foolish. Sometimes people say, what does God have to do with this? Well, what does God have to do with that? It's my job as a preacher to show you God has something to do with any and everything. It is in him that we breathe, that we move. My God, they they tell me this man was able to move his hands. They tell me he wrote a question. The first question he asked was, who won the game? (laughs) He was mentally still there. We are two days removed from this thing. This man is able to write. Two days removed. You cannot tell me this is not the move of God. It is in him that we breathe. 
we move and we have our being. It is in him that we still have our minds intact. My God, good God Almighty. This is by the power of God tonight that this man is able to do that. So I'm wondering just what God is going to continue to do to prove to someone that he's real. This is my job to tell you this because somebody will see this happen and they will not give credit to God. So I have to be the one to tell you and give credit to them to look at this situation and see, man, this is God Almighty. This is my role. This is the role of the preacher. I know sometimes people look at things and they get tired of it. They said, man, you always want to talk about God. Y'all want to bring God into everything. God didn't have nothing to do. Look, sometimes people get mad. You talk, <laughs> you talk about God so much, man, they get mad at you. <laughs> That's my job, though. This is what God called me to do. To reveal to someone, to show. He, he has revealed, but I have to tell you. I have to tell you. God is behind it all. So I hope tonight that someone can see God working, but it does not just stop at this football player. Look, God is working in all of our lives. It's a miracle that we're still alive tonight. So many situations we can think back over on, even just in the past year, how we've come to some near-death situations, physically and even spiritually. Even spiritually, we've come to some near-death situations, but God kept us. He brought us through. So we're talking about my role tonight, a preacher's role, any preacher's role. This is what a preacher should be telling you. Look, the preacher shouldn't be talking foolish and saying, oh, it's all just because they got such good technology. The preacher shouldn't be talking foolish like that. If so, he's not doing his job. So now we're going to look. Uh, if we got any comments or anything, man, we can hit it real quick. Uh, but I do want to move here to the verse. Um, yeah, David says, praise the Lord, everyone. Hope everyone is having a blessed day in the Lord. Casey says, praise the Lord, brothers, and everyone. Hopefully everyone is having a blessed evening. God bless. And um, I'm sorry if I say your name wrong. Is it LaSayla? LaSayla. LaSayla. They say, pray, praise the Lord, saints. And also, you said a mouthful. And Sister Rosie says, praise the Lord. And also, God is almighty. So thank each and every single one of you guys for the comments. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, guys. God bless y'all. Let's pick it up, Melvin. In the book of Luke, chapter four. Now, if you're tuning in with us, don't touch that dial. Uh, you know, they always say that. <laughs> Stay tuned in with us uh, because we've got, uh, God has some good things in store for you. So let's pick it up. Our time is running. Pick it up in Luke chapter four and verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Mm-hmm. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, mm-hmm. to preach deliverance to the captives, 
mm-hmm. and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. Glory be to God. This is Jesus talking. Now, a preacher is talking here. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. My God, I feel the spirit of God moving on tonight. I see him moving just because we're here. But in particular, I've been talking about this situation that happened with this football player to get somebody's attention because somebody's so caught up into sports. Somebody's so caught up into their job. Somebody's so caught up into their family, into their kids, into their this, their that. Uh, whatever it is that we're caught up into, it's the preacher's job to preach the gospel to you, to open your eyes, to wake you up, to bring you back from the dead. This is what the preacher's job is, to tell you these things. This is what the preacher's job is. Jesus. Now, this is Jesus talking, a preacher. He is the way Every preacher in the world ought to be following in Jesus' footsteps. We all ought to be following his footsteps. But now I'm specifically dealing with the preacher tonight. But now don't exclude yourself in that comment. We're all supposed to be following in his step. But now he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Look, there's preachers tonight. Glory be to God. There's preachers that do not even have the Spirit of God. They do not even have the Holy Ghost. A preacher must have the Holy Ghost, just like every other person must have the Holy Ghost. The Spirit has anointed Jesus to preach the gospel. This is what God called every preacher for, to preach the gospel. So he said to preach the gospel to the poor. You know, now the scripture calls us poor. And I was dealing with this with a person one day. And now I understand that we are poor. Many of us are fit into the category of poor because we're looking at it based off of our socioeconomic status, based off of our status. Uh, We look around town, we say, well, I only have one car. We look around, you find somebody with a nicer car. You find somebody with a more expensive car. You find them with their own house. We say, well, I don't have my own house. So we we consider ourselves poor because we can look around and see a person with multiple houses. We see a person with multiple businesses. We see a person that has all this family. We see a person that has all these other things that we do not possess. So we classify ourselves as poor. But now I want you to know because it's a preacher's job to make you aware of this. You are rich. Even though you might be physically poor compared to so many other people in the world, compared to your, the, the person who owns the job, compared to the manager, the supervisor, this person, that person, you have so much that God has blessed you with. Look at how we're talking right now. All the people that come in it, Praise the Lord or or whatever your comment was. You just commented on some type of cell phone, some type of iPad, uh, some type of computer, some type of device. This tells me we're rich. There's so many people who do not have access to the things that we have access to. God has blessed us. This is what he called me to be a preacher for, to show you 
just how blessed you really are. See, there are people who are willing to commit suicide, willing to ruin their lives, want to go to prison. There are people who are poor in their minds. The devil has convinced them that they have nothing left to live for. So they either want to go to prison or they either want to be dead. Because the devil has convinced us we're so broken. We have nothing going for ourselves. We've got no money. We've got no family. We've got no anything worth living for. But Jesus said, this is what he called me to preach for. To open your eyes. To preach to the poor. To preach to the one who doesn't have as much physically. But they still have so much more than someone else. They just don't realize it. Because our eyes are focused on the person who has more than us. We never once look at the person who has less. You know, I talked about the football player earlier. You know, there's so many other football players who have become injured. Same fashion. They've injured themselves. Injured their spinal cords. Have become paralyzed. So many people have had these things happen. People have car accidents end up paralyzed. And then some of us who walk around with two feet, able to walk, we start to think and find ourselves upset with God. Even though we have some things that someone else is praying for, God has blessed us. It's the preacher's job to show you this. God has blessed you, even a person who can't walk. There's something you have that somebody who can even walk. They're praying for it. See, no matter what condition we find ourselves in, no matter how bad it looks to us, there's something we have. Somebody's out there praying for it. Somebody's out there crying for it. Begging God for it. And you know what tends to happen? Once God gives us these things, we start taking it for granted. I try to pray that all the time. Lord, help me to never take you for granted. Help me to never take your blessings for granted. This is the preacher's job to tell you this. We're taking some things for granted. God had to take some things away from me to show me. No, son, you're taking this for granted. You better humble yourself. That's what he tried to tell me. I thank God I received the message. So now I'm trying to pass the same message to someone else because I'm hoping and praying it doesn't take you to become paralyzed. It doesn't take you to have some uh, fatal illness, uh, a terrible car accident, whatever to happen. I'm praying it, it doesn't take certain things to happen to you for you to wake up and realize just how much God has given you. So Jesus said, this is what he sent me to do, to heal the brokenhearted. But there are some people out there who are broken by so many situations, but you just witnessed a man being brought back from the dead. Look, God can bring whatever situation you're in back to life. He can restore whatever situation you find yourself in. Look, if we're, some people are hurt because of the way someone mistreated them, because of the way someone abused them, 
because of whatever someone did to them, their, their heart is broken by it. And they're fueled by anger. But you know what? That's what God is here to help you with. But vengeance is the Lord's. It's time for us who have been heartbroken. It's time for us to forgive and move on. It's, it's not about, oh, well, that person's going to get away. I've heard so many people say it. Oh, they're going to get away. Nothing happened. Look, as a preacher, it's my job to tell you nobody's going to get away. Not even the preacher. Look, I know there's so many preachers out there who are stealing people's money, who are lying to people, uh, misusing and abusing. I know there's many preachers doing that. But I don't worry about that. Why? Because I know nobody escapes God, not even me. Nobody escapes him. He's watching and he sees all things. So if you're brokenhearted tonight by certain situations that have transpired to you, because someone has beat you, because someone has stolen from you, raped you, uh, murdered someone in your family. I know there are a lot of things that will break our hearts. We're, many people are heartbroken because of a situation. It might not have been something, some, something that someone else caused. We just found ourselves in a bad situation. Hearts broken. Sometimes people get upset with God. But I'm here to tell you tonight. If you would just trust in God, if you would rely on him, even though you don't understand these things, even though it doesn't make sense to you, just try him. Just try him. This is the preacher's job to tell you this. Now, he already told me, we talked about it in Bible study Monday night. He told me, Look, I'm going to send you to some people and they're not going to listen. I know somebody out there, a lot of people won't listen, but I know he's got somebody that will. So tonight, for those of you, the few of you who will listen, look, God is here to heal your broken heart. No matter what has happened to you, no matter how people have put you down, no matter how people have humiliated you, we, we've all been in some humiliating situations and circumstances. But the spirit of the Lord is upon me tonight to help you. To help you. To help you to see God has better in store for you. The devil is keeping your mind captive. I don't know. Yeah, he talked about that in here. To preach deliverance to the captive. You know, there's so many people are bound by things different addictions, different struggles, different problems, different things that we're saying. I, I just can't help myself. I just can't stop doing it. We're bound and we're captive. I'm here to tell you tonight, you don't have to be that way. But I hear people talk about, well, I, I smoke or I do this or I do that. This is my vice because I, I, I have bad nerves or I, I stress or I do. Look, look, that's the devil that has you captive. The devil has your mind captive. I mentioned it earlier tonight. There are people in prisons. And as soon as they get out, they want to go back. You can't tell me the devil doesn't have people's minds captive. They're bound. 
they can't, they will not do any better for themselves. They can do better if they would just listen to the gospel. They can do better, but they won't because they won't listen. See, God is looking for someone out there tonight who will listen to the gospel, but I have to go and preach it. I have to preach this message that you can be free tonight of whatever is holding you back. Like some people, some of us, we've been stuck in the same place spiritually for a long time. I've talked about it before. I've told people uh, in many services, you know, God is expecting growth out of us right now with this man who is uh, in the hospital, the football player, DeMar Hamlin. People are expecting to see some progress. People want to see some growth and progress. You know, God feels the same way about us because we are in, my God, good God Almighty, we're in critical conditions tonight. We are in critical conditions. Ventilators hooked up to us. Spiritually, we are so malnourished. We've been in a traumatic event. We've been in sin. The Bible tells us the wages of sin is death. This is my job to tell you this. The wages of sin is death. This man died on the field. But these doctors have worked and they brought him back. By the grace of God now, through the power of God, they have brought him back. So many prayers have been offered on this man's behalf. You know, I'm praying tonight. You know, I wish people were praying for our spiritual lives, for us to be brought back from the dead. Because, we, my God, so many of us are spiritually dead tonight. This is my job to tell you this. You know, some, t- uh, some time ago, a man told me about how, uh, I forgot what he's called, but uh, they deal with dead bodies. I say, man, that job's not for me there to deal with physically dead bodies. I deal with spiritually dead people. I don't do well with physically dead. I want to see you still breathing. But, you know, I want to go. Let's go. Let's run over. Because God wants to recover sight to the blind. It's my job to explain these things to you. He's not necessarily talking about physically blind. He's talking about spiritual. See, there's so many things I will tell you. And you say, I I just don't see that, Tony. I know because you are spiritually blind. I didn't see it one day either. You're not alone now. It's my job to relate to you. You are not alone. I didn't see these things this way either. Look, I remember... uh, Time, some time back, I remember my parents uh, would try to talk to me about following God and do that. You know what I told them? Look, I'm young right now. Look, I've said the same things that so many of us out there are saying. We say, oh, I did it this amount of years and it's worked for me. But God had to open my eyes, bring me back, revive me, resuscitate me. He had to open my eyes. So I was blind, but now I can see. Go to the book of John, chapter 11 for us, Melvin. Good Lord, my time is running out. John, chapter 11. And verse, I think around 21. John 11. 
you know, we're we're almost out of time. Drop down to John 11 and verse 20. Pick up verse 25. Now, what has happened here? Because uh, time is scarce. But what has happened here? This man has been dead for four days. Lazarus has been dead for four days. Now, I wasn't intending to come here, but God knows best. Because I'm trying to show you this tonight. I'm trying to explain some things to you because this is my job. To show you God in every situation. To give you the word of God plain and straight as it is. Not to add to it, not to take it away. To just tell you the pure word of God. Now, Jesus, we're still dealing with Jesus. Jesus now, he has uh, a brother now, not, not natural brother, a spiritual brother who has been dead for four days. Now, they've sent word to him. These two sisters, Mary and Martha, they've sent word to him and tried to get him to come down. Jesus didn't move. See, my God. He did not move for four days. See, God allows some traumatic things to happen to get our attention. I'm trying to tell you, he allowed this guy to die on the field while the whole world was watching to get somebody's attention. I don't care how fast they gave CPR. If God said no, they can can still be out there doing CPR. It wouldn't matter. But all the lights have turned off everybody went home, they can still be out there doing CPR, it won't matter. I looked something up, they said, uh, after about 20 minutes, people just give up because it won't work. I'm trying to tell you tonight, the medication only goes as far as God says so. The surgery only goes if God says so. Everything in his life will be unsuccessful if God says no. This man here in the book of John, chapter 11, we're at verse 25. Man had been dead for four days. The two sisters, Mary and Martha, they have called for Jesus. He didn't didn't show up. He's a long-time God, somebody said. He didn't show up because he wanted to show them something. He wanted to prove just how powerful and mighty he is. It's my job to tell you this. It's my job to preach this to you. So no matter what situation you find yourself in, you will not give up hope. You will not lose focus and keep your eyes stayed on God. We, my God, we've gotten in so many situations where we just give up. So many people we've seen in such bad condition, we've just given up because it's taken God so long to change the situation. But if you can just believe, he said, all things are possible. My God, if you can just believe, it's my job to tell you this, this is the preacher's role. To heal your broken heart so you won't continue feeling miserable for yourself. You won't continue feeling miserable for your family member, for your friend, for your children, for your spouse, whoever. To know there's still hope. He said, we're not as others who don't have hope. We still have hope. Pick us up in verse 25, Mel. 
Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Glory be to God. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus is trying to tell us something here. It's my job as a preacher to bring this out to you. No matter what dead situation, whether physically dead or spiritual, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh. But he is able. I don't care how long a person has been dead. I don't care whether they didn't start CPR in time. Look, that doesn't matter to me. Only thing that matters is what God says. This is the type of God that we serve tonight. It doesn't matter how long you feel you've been in whatever condition you've been in. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what percentage the doctors have given you. It doesn't matter what your mind has told you, because our mind is the first thing that begins to say, oh, I'm going to die. Oh, this won't work. Oh, that won't work. Our mind is the first thing that begins to be negative. Jesus said, look, I am the resurrection. I'll bring anything back to life. That's what he's trying to tell you. It's my job to bring this out. He said, though he were dead, Jesus was trying to tell these two sisters, look, this man will live again. He will make, glory be to God, he'll make 100% recovery. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. Read for his mail. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Mm -hmm. Believest thou this? He said, do you believe this? It's my job as a preacher to show you what things you should believe. Because on your own, you will not see this. There's a reason Jesus said, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. It ha- he hath anointed me to preach the gospel look, so that he can open the blind's eyes. We have all been blinded. We have all been blind. Pick us up now. He said he's the resurrection. I want you to drop down, Melvin. Pick us up at verse. Uh, let's see what verse I want here. I want the verse where he told she told him he's been dead for four days. He asked where they laid him. Pick us up in verse. 17. Pick us up in verse uh, 39. Pick us up in 39. Okay, I see. Yeah. 39. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Now he was, now their burial, they buried him behind a stone in a tomb, in a cave, if you will. So he said, remove the stone. Uh Uh-huh. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, Mm -hmm. for he hath been dead four days. 
She said, look, they hadn't started CPR quick enough. By now, he's, he's done. It, it will not happen because he's been dead for four days. Look, he's already starting to break down. He's smelling. Body's breaking down. There's nothing left to do here. There's nothing left to see. Isn't this how we think oftentimes? We look at a situation and we say, look, it's been going on this long. Look, there's no, no point of even trying anything. There's no point of trying to revive this dead situation. I will be the way I am till I die. You'll hear people say this. Not until you allow Christ to enter in. He can change every situation. He said he's the resurrection of the dead. Though, look, though you were dead, yet shall you live. If you would just allow God to intervene. This is my job to tell you, that, to make you aware of this. I don't care what anybody says. Look, I don't care if it's the smartest person in the world. <laughs> They're not smarter than God. I don't care how much schooling a person had. They had not been to more school than God. I don't care how many words they can use. Uh, <laughs> they don't have a bigger vocabulary than God. None of those things matter. Jesus said, show them to me. Take away the stone. She said, he's been dead for four days. Read for us, Melvin, as we finish this up. Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, that, mm-hmm. if, thou, that if thou wouldest believe, Thou shouldest see the glory of God. If you would just believe. Read for us, Mel. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Mm -hmm. And I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. Mm-hmm. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, Lazarus, you need, come forth. Mm-hmm. What we need to know is he prayed. See, if you can just pray and believe on God, just pray and believe in God. Even if it's taking four days, if it's taking 40 days, I believe the man who had the infirmity, um, at the at the gate, I believe the man couldn't walk for thirty eight years. Thirty eight years. That's a long time. That's a long time. Especially when somebody's telling you you'll never walk again. If you can just believe. If you can just believe. See, all things are possible through Christ. All things. So he said, Lazarus, come for man that had been dead four days. Look, it's nothing for God to bring the man back on the football field who had been dead for minutes. It's nothing. He brought a man back who had been dead four days. It's nothing to heal someone who could not walk for five years, 10 years. Look, he brought somebody who couldn't walk for 38. There's no situation we can put God in. I don't care what you struggle with. There's no situation you can put him in where you can say it's too hard for the Lord. Is there anything too hard for God? 
you know, God himself asked that question. He said, is there anything? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I'm here to tell you tonight, there's nothing too hard for God. I don't care where you find yourself. What situation? I don't care if people are here to kill you. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. There's nothing too hard for him. He said, Lazarus, come forth. Finish us up, man. Let's see what he said in 44. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Mm -hmm. And his face was bound about with a napkin. Mm -hmm. Jesus saith unto them, loose him and let him go. Glory be to God. If the Lord intervenes in your situation and he speaks, my God, the man says, speak the word. He said, you don't even have to come into my house. The man told you, just speak the word. If the Lord speaks the word on your situation, whatever is keeping you bound has to let you go. There's no arguing. Look, even when the devil, Lord, hallelujah, even when the devil, even when Jesus was confronted with the devil, as soon as he spoke the word, they had to do what he said. They can sit there and ask all the questions they want. They can beg and do whatever. But as soon as Jesus spoke the word, it was done. From the beginning, we've seen God speak the word. He said, let there be light. The light appeared. He said, let the dry land come forth. The land appeared. Whatever he said, it just appeared. He has this type of power. I'm trying to tell you tonight, this because this is my job, to tell you what kind of God you serve. Because we really don't know. Because if we did truly know what type of God we serve, we wouldn't have all the doubts that we have. We wouldn't have all the fear that we have. Look, we, we're so afraid of everything. Now, fear. Now, I'm not telling you to be reckless, but I'm telling you, we should trust that God is going to take care of us. But we are so afraid, we don't trust anything. We don't trust anything. The time has got me. I'm about six minutes over. But I, I appreciate you guys. Um, and I hope and pray that you would understand this is what a preacher has come for. To show you God in every situation. I don't care what it is. But we can, look, we can be looking at a cardboard box. A preacher ought to be able to tell you God. He ought to be able to talk to you about God even when we're just talking about a cardboard box. You say, what does this box have to do with God? Look, if it were not for God, this cardboard box wouldn't be here. If it were not for him, he created this. There was nothing that was created that was not created by him. It doesn't matter what it is. A preacher ought to be able to talk to you about this box, about anything, anything. So. Thank you, guys. At this time, I will turn it back into the hands of Melvin. God bless you guys. Thank you. Um, Tony, I say you're exactly right on time, even though we wouldn't mind if you would keep going for another two, three hours, <laughs> because, you know, that's how long it, it does take to get these messages across. And um, yeah, uh, we were late. Uh, we do apologize for that. We had a few technical difficulties, you know, ever since moving um, last year, it has been a difficult transition 
into doing um, this live stream. You know, at first we were in the same room. We just had the, the one camera, but now we had to incorporate Zoom into this and it's capturing the screen from our Zoom meeting. And then it was an issue with getting the audio correct. But uh, we we got through all of that. But now we're having another issue. Um, I've been seeing messages and they're saying like the video is freezing, especially on Facebook, because I see Kiera in the comments have um, has given a link to the YouTube. So we are looking into that. But um, and Lord willing, we'll get past this, too, um, because his word is that is that important. So, um, again, join the midst of the storm on YouTube. If Facebook is freezing for you, it seems to be working well on that platform. And, um, yeah, so take a look at our YouTube. Um, Amy says, yes, Lord, heal me and remove all distractions from my life. Pray for me, JMS family. And we definitely will because, uh, we all can have distractions at time. And that's just what they are taking um, our attention away from the word of God. Um, Casey says, hallelujah, you're speaking tonight, my brother. And also, who wouldn't serve a God like this? Um, yeah, and I'm thinking about that song and no, I'm not going to sing it. But um, it says, who wouldn't serve a God like this? Like, who wouldn't, in their right mind, who wouldn't serve a God like this? Um, those are all of the comments so far. Um, but please leave your comments. Please leave your questions um, down and we will get to them in, in a timely manner. We're getting on the topic. In one place, it says, God has given us preachers out of his heart to feed us with knowledge and understanding. And we as a people, we fight the ones that God sends, you know, because we can have a preacher like Tony mentioned earlier. There are preachers around here without the Holy Ghost that have not been baptized. We have to we, we know that he's given us these preachers, but we have to know which ones are right. And. And how do you know that? By reading the word of God, by seeing if the preacher's life lines up with what you see in the scriptures. If people say, oh, why are you listening to Tony? He doesn't know what he's talking about. But see, I can listen to him throughout these past four or 500 Bible studies because I can look in the scripture and see him living the life that he's preaching. You know, some preachers might preach the right thing and then go and live something totally different. You know, look at the preachers that we have today and then look at the preachers' lives in the Bible and see how they stack up against each other. You know, I, I heard of another instance um, where somebody definitely supposed to have been dead um, is this father and he had his family in the car with him and he drove off a cliff a, a tall cliff and all of them ended up surviving. I don't know the injuries or anything, but they all survived. There's been speculative information that he drove off the cliff on purpose, but I mean, I'm not too sure about that part, but they all survived. Now that is definitely the power of God. Now we can talk about, oh, the Tesla has this safety feature, that safety feature, which it does have a lot of safety features, but nothing happens without God's approval. So when it comes to the, the preachers, we, we have to take heed and listen to what they're saying. And, you know, because the job of a preacher is not easy. 
Um, I'm pretty sure they would rather have just, you know, have to worry about their family, their kids and all that. I'm reminded of one place in the Bible where Moses said, look, he got so aggravated with the people. He said that I give birth to these people. Are these my kids? So it gets that that stressful. But this is their job. And is, you know, is one of the difficult, if not the most difficult jobs on Earth. But like I said, again, we have to make sure that we're listening to the right one. And another place, God said, these people are going and I haven't sent them anywhere. They're saying these things and I haven't said anything. <laughs> one preacher said, yeah, he might have called you, but he probably called you to sit down somewhere. <laughs> but we just have to make sure um, that we're we're taking heed to the word of God. So um, that's all of our comments. So I thank you guys so much for tuning in and all of our commenters, David, Casey, LaCelia, Sister Rosie, Kiara, and Amy. Thank you guys so much for the comments. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as my weekly reminder to you guys, we do have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's a good message each and every single week. We would love to see you guys there. And as I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy. And again, count it all joy. There is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if the Lord blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of God. You guys have a happy, safe, and blessed weekend. We'll see you then. And thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We have Zoom Bible studies every Monday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Also, check out our website at jmsbible.com. There, you can listen to all of our in-person, Zoom, and live stream messages along with every scripture we've ever covered. Lastly, we have been getting a lot of questions about how people can donate. We have finally opened up a cash app if you find it in your heart to leave a donation because running these Bible studies takes money, which Tony and I have been paying since we first started. That name is $JoyStorm12. We appreciate each and every single donation, no matter how small. And remember to rejoice in the Lord always.